Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Natural Law Hour with your host, Yusuf L. Exclusively on High Frequency Radio Network, the hottest radio network on the planet.
to the Natural Law Hour. I'm your host, Yusuf Vale. It is Sunday, May 20th, 2018, broadcasting live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is another episode of the Natural Law Hour. It's a reboot, y'all. We're rebooting the Natural Law Hour. I get so many requests from the Natural Law Hour. I decided to, uh, you know, crank it back up. And to get back to the radio, get back to my roots. And before I get in, a quick couple of announcements. Make sure you go over and check out Private Side Solutions. We have the SPC University on fire, y'all. Doing a lot of work over there. If you're interested in privatization, make sure you go over and check out the website. You know, I have been up, like, <clears throat> really, really, really looking into um, uh, this uh, thing called magic lately. And, uh, you know, I got, like, a plethora of documents that I've read over the uh, years on the subject. And, you know, my uh, perception of what they call magic has changed so much. I think that is a... Um, term that has gotten misconstrued due to modern day charlatanry uh, on the stage illusionists and things of that nature because everything that I read just goes back to the mind everything that I'm reading goes to the mind even the Bible the Quran all the religious texts everything everything is talking about the mind Everything is talking about the mind, y'all. And um, it's just real interesting uh, that, you know, people don't see that, that everything connects to the mind. You know, um, in today's world, so many people have so many different problems and, um, and they blame outside circumstances for their condition. And I, I mean, I'm a researcher. I'm sure pretty, pretty much people can, you know, determine that about me. And over the years, I've taken great pains to uh, look into this particular subject. I've been studying it ever since I was, you know, like 22 years old. And um, never in anything that I've read or anything has, you know, uh, I found anything different that it's about the mind. It's about controlling your thoughts about learning how to control the thoughts and the exercises needed to accomplish that. The exercises needed to accomplish that. Thought control. Thought control. I was even reading um, a document last night that goes into magic. And as I'm reading it, I'm saying this is the damn law of attraction. 
they're just putting they're just casting it into a different mold. And I'm going to read this to you today, and I'm going to see can all the listeners see that this is talking about the law of attraction. It's a book on magic, but it's talking about the law of attraction. It's talking about creating magical entities to assist you. You know, in some circles, they may be known as familiars, like in, you know, to witches and things like that. But in essence, it is saying that thought um, can take on a uh, existence independent, well, not completely independent, but independent of its creator. In other words, you can create living creatures, energetic creatures with your mind and have them do your bidding. And like I said, in some circles, they call these familiars. Um, The way that it was explained was real interesting about energy, the manipulation of energy. Of course, everyone should at this point understand that everything is about energy, how you control energy. And what exactly energy is. No one really knows um, what electricity is, but everybody understands the cause and effect associated with electricity. Electricity can do many wonderful things, but no one can really explain exactly what electricity is. No one knows. No one knows really how to explain the invisible world. You know, it's a world that exists beyond the five senses. You know, we have five senses. We have sight, touch, taste, hearing, smell, which are called the five corporal senses. But people should also understand that we do have higher senses as well that don't get, I think, the credence that they deserve. And that is telepathy, psychometry, clairvoyance, and a... a, Uh, a higher level of intuition. These are higher senses that we have. And when we learn how to use our higher senses, we can attune ourselves to the invisible world. We can start to pay attention to things, which at one time we just kind of took for granted or just ignored. I always like to give a simple example of this about telepathy. You know, a lot of people are, have, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, they kind of like, uh, they kind of think telepathy is something that, you know, is kind of like a theory or something to that effect. But they don't pay attention. It's like when you get a receipt, when you, you know, like me, I would sit down sometimes and all of a sudden, just for no reason, I would very intensely start thinking about someone. I mean, real intense. And it would just be out of the blue. And then the next thing you know, the phone would ring. It would be that person. It would be like, you know, like about five or ten seconds, seconds later. And I began to pay attention to that. I'm like, you know, that's not coincidence. A lot of people would kind of chalk that up to coincidence. I'm like, that's not coincidence. I received some sort of vibratory impression from this individual because, you know, thought travels faster than anything in the universe. And it reached me before the electrical signals through the telephone could reach me. And then I began to become aware that you got to start paying attention to this. It's like you have to be learn how to become super sensitive 
to things and start chalking things up to happenstance or just, you know, you know, luck or, you know, coincidence. They say, you know, when something happens twice, it's a coincidence. When it happens three times, it's a warning. Not a coincidence anymore if it happens more than twice. I was reading, it was about, you know, the creation of, of, uh, of entities. Uh, in some circles, they call them thought forms. In religious circles, they take on many different names, too. They call them angels and demons and things of that nature. It's in the invisible world. What I've learned over time is that you are the one that creates these entities. There was a book I was reading called The Matrix Five, um, and it was real interesting. It had a um, another viewpoint about life after death of heaven and hell. And in this book, of course, it talked about the Akashic Records, the Oversoul, and um, but one interesting thing it had uh, it was um, this was by a Native American. It stated that when you die, the vibratory frequency that you're vibrating in will determine where you go after this life. So if you are in a group of, say, Christians, let's say you're in the Christian religion, and you have a belief system that you believe in, like, you know, you got this vision in your mind that heaven has pearly gates, it's on a cloud, Um, You know, you're going to die and appear on the cloud at the gates and walk through the gates and, you know, whatever it is, your vision of what heaven is like. I'm not really sure. You know, I really haven't gotten an accurate representation really from anybody in the religious circles of what they're going to do in heaven or what heaven is like, you know, except for what the television offers. You know, it seems to be in a cloud. You're going to have on a white robe. There's going to be some wings on your back. And, uh, you know, you're going to kind of like, walk around for eternity and do nothing, I guess. I don't know, you know, or maybe just stay in this area and just, you know, kind of watch over the people on earth when there's a whole universe out there. I'm not really sure I understand um, what the concept is about heaven, this place called heaven after death. But it was really interesting, this this, uh, other, I guess, Uh, theory on heaven is that you go to the place that your vibratory frequency determines. If you are all, if you're with a group of Christians and all of you are vibrating at the same rate due to the fact that you have a same belief system, then where you go after death will be that place. You are creating it with your mind, but you don't stay there. There are no, there is, this is why Jesus said there are seven heavens. When Jesus and, and you know what what is what does that mean? When Jesus says, "In my Father's house, there are many mansions." Let's look at that. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. We can go over to John fourteen too, and he says it. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, you know, of course, the you know, when you're growing up and you get the, the Christian interpretation of this, you know, it kind of paints a picture in your mind that, you know, Jesus is going to rise up in the air and go to heaven. 
And I'm not sure what he means when he says prepare a place for you. Um, Is he going to talk to God and say, hey, look, you know, put this guy on the list and give him some bed space? Uh, You know, how much bed space do we have? You know, uh, you know, is, is this what it's talking about? What is that talking about? What does that mean? Prepare a place for you. And what is, you know, many mansions in the house? Okay, how can a house contain mansions? In a mansion, a house? And what does he mean by a house? Okay. It would only make sense if he was talking about planes, spiritual planes. You have to think about this. Think about this now. Everything in creation, everything, whether it's mental, spiritual, or physical, is a vibratory frequency. It vibrates at the same rate. Science has determined, has found out, that two things cannot vibrate at the same rate and exist in the same space. This is what they have. They call displacement. It's impossible for two things to vibrate at the same rate and exist in the very same space. All right. So this is why when you think about like a radio, I always like to use the, uh, the uh, illustration of a radio. Right now you're tuned in to uh, high frequency radio. If you want to listen to another radio station, you have to tune in to that station. Each of these stations has a unique, independent, vibratory signature associated with it. That for you to tune in, that for you to perceive, you have to be vibrating on that same frequency. As above, so below is one of the principles that we learned about. So as down here below in the microcosm, you have to be tuned in. Above, you have to be tuned in. There are an infinite number of vibratory frequencies. There aren't any limit to them. So if you're all vibrating the same at the same spot, for you to perceive each other on another plane... You have to be vibrating at that same rate. This is also when we get into the discussion of dimensions, how dimensions can exist. They say that there are a multitude of dimensions in existence. There are many different realities that exist around us. And the only reason we can't see it is because they're vibrating at a different frequency. You can teach yourself how to travel and walk between these dimensions. And um, the... uh, Egyptian circles, they call it traveling using a Merkaba or a light body. A lot of people have associated my symbol, uh, which is the gold triangle, with some sort of Masonic type of uh, symbolism or devil type of symbolism. And I have to take time to educate them. I said, look, this is a Merkaba. This is the light body. This is what you can learn to convert yourself in to travel the universe and travel different dimensions. Without the need of any, the assistance of any technology, just using your mind. So these different dimensions, you know, it's really interesting that, you know, these dimensions are, are actually actual places that have, you know, a place. Because I thought about this. I said, well, if I go to heaven and I become a spirit, am I going to be some sort of etheric type being, you know, like ectoplasmic? type of being and if so 
isn't that just a different vibratory frequency? And wouldn't all of the other beings that are vibrating at that same rate, wouldn't they appear to have a physical existence to me? Because as it says, you know, one, as the law says, two things cannot exist in the same place at the same time. Displacement will occur. So wouldn't I be able to touch something in the spiritual plane or in some kind of way have some sort of interaction? Maybe we don't have the same senses. We have, the, you know, a different set of senses in the spiritual and mental planes. But wouldn't there be some sort of interaction on those planes as well? Maybe not following the same rules that we have on the physical plane. You know, like gravity, we don't we have gravity here and time and space, but there are another set of rules that govern those planes that would allow me to interact on those planes. I remember somebody also told me one time, a wise man told me, he said, There are greater pleasures than sex in the universe. And I was taken aback by that. I said, What? Something greater than everybody on this planet, you know, that's like the ultimate goal. Everybody wants to have sex. You're saying that there are states of euphoria that are greater than sex. And I told this to uh, a uh, someone who was hooked on drugs one time. And when I said it, he wasn't surprised at all. He told me, yeah, I believe that there is. He said drugs was like that for me. He said, drugs took me to levels higher than sex. I wouldn't want sex. And that scared the hell out of me. I said, man, I don't know if I'd want to try a drug that is so euphoric that would hook me on it that gave me a feeling that was stronger than sex. And um, But, I, but I, as I learned also, I learned that a lot of the things that people do in taking drugs – to get altered states of consciousness, you can do the same thing with breathing exercises naturally. You don't have to artificially um, induce these states of, uh, of consciousness utilizing, you know, chemicals. You can do it through breathing exercises. Buddha talked about a state called nirvana. And I had to start looking into this and I started seeing that everything was associated with vibration, vibratory frequencies, everything, vibratory frequencies, learning to vibrate at different rates of speed. And all of this was controlled by the mind. And I also had to learn that vibratory signatures and frequencies had a tangible aspect to it, that they had some sort of existence real. And that in learning to control these vibratory signatures, you could uh, manipulate the forces of nature around you and get it to do your bidding. Many people do it accidentally. And like in the Christian circles, they do it through a process called prayer, where they direct their mind intensely in a direction and pray for something. And then they will come and say that God answered their prayer. And which he did, but they give you the impression that God is some sort of man in the cloud, arbitrary and capricious, who sits down and examines you and listens to your prayer. And once he's decided that you prayed enough and you had enough forgiveness in your heart, then he decides to answer your prayer. 
this is the impression that they give you. And this, this is something that this is one of the biggest things I have against religion because that's not how things go. God has already laid down the laws. This is what they, they talk about heathens and um, uh, let the heathens rage, you know, uh, because when the heathens don't understand how what God's law, they will rage. A very good example of that was in the um, uh, just lately, uh, Kanye West came forward and said slavery was a choice. And the heathens raged. They raged. He kept saying, talking about love and that it's a choice. Everything is a choice. What he said was absolutely true. But when you don't understand the laws of the mental plane, or the spiritual plane, then what Kanye West said would appear the ravings of a lunatic. I caught a lot of backlash from that, you know, and saying that I agreed with him. It was like people, but people's mindset where they were at, they were thinking, what are you talking about? We got whipped. We got raped. We got, you know, taken from our land. We, you know, 400 years, we helped build this place. We're not getting anything for it. And I said, I understood all of that. But the law is the law. People would argue with me as if, but what they're really doing, they're arguing with the law. They're not arguing with me. You're arguing with the law. Once you know what the law is, I mean, as, as much as it pains me, as much as I would like to disagree with Kanye, because I understand what the law says, that's what forced me to agree with him. I understand what the law says. The law is that you create your reality. So people start hunting and searching for ways to challenge that. What about when a baby gets raped? What about when I got raped? I didn't create that. Oh, don't let that subject come up and try to tell an individual who got raped that as much as it pains me, you in the end of the day were responsible for that. I have friends around me. They're around me all the time. They don't really listen to anything that, you know, my radio station as much as they claim they do because they say the same thing. What about when I had a car accident? That's not my fault. I said, and then I try to explain it. I said, Listen, you may not have been thinking directly about having a car accident. You may may not have been thinking directly about getting raped. But what was happening is that you allowed your mental condition to descend to a level of a vibratory frequency that a like vibratory frequency that matched that frequency came into your space. This is why you have to learn to be happy. This is why no one else can make you happy but yourself. If you want happy conditions to surround your life, you have to be happy. It doesn't work the other way. You can't say, well, when I get some money, I'll be happy. When I find that beautiful woman or beautiful man, I'll be happy. That's not how it works. You are the god of the goddess. You have to create that state that vibratory state in your being and then it draws that particular condition your way now in this book that they're talking about magical entities you know 
it gets into different discussions about how you can make this purposely that you can, you know, with, as you develop your mental fortitude, you can start directing your thoughts to do very specific things. As the more something is focused, the more power that it has behind it. You see this example in nature. You see like with a magnifying glass, you know, you take the sunlight, scattered, it can warm you, but it doesn't have the force of when you take it and put it in a narrow beam and it will burn a piece of paper or water when it goes through a water hose or just about anything you can think of, air that concentrates through a narrow point becomes a force. Well, thought is it operates the same way. Remember, as above, so below. On the higher planes, thought becomes a force when it is focused. When you focus it through a narrow point, it becomes a force. And in these books, it starts talking about the creations of entities that you can actually give life to something. I don't see why this is, you know... Someone would speculate about this. I mean, two people come together and they create a baby. Why do you not think that you can come together on the mental and spiritual plane and create an independent life force there? As it says, as above, so below. Remember, this is why you have to know the seven principles of the Kabbalion. This is why before you learn any subject, you always study the principles first because it clarifies everything for you and anything that you read. As above, so below. All the things that happen on the lower levels happen on the higher levels, just in different degrees, just in different ways, but they follow the same principle. On the lower levels, you have sex. Okay, you have a masculine and feminine coming together physically to create life. On the spiritual level and on the mental planes, you have the same thing. You have a masculine and feminine principle coming together to create something. The creation process is more than just creating another life. You can create anything. You're unlimited. The only thing that limits you is your imagination. As they say, you have the ability, if you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. You're only limited by your imagination. That's it. And what is really interesting is that that is a limitation because you really can only imagine what you have come into contact with, what you've experienced, what you've seen. But that doesn't mean that you can't have other experiences. So I want to talk about this. Hold on, y'all. I'm having something just come in real quick. So I want to go in on today. We're talking about, you know, vibratory frequencies. And I want to talk a little bit. I want to come from this book. This is why I kind of prepped you and everything with this conversation. 
this morning because we're talking about creating entities. And if you've just joined us, I want, I'm going to read this book, and I want you all to see how this is talking about the law of attraction. It's a magical book. I want you to listen to the terminology that is being used, like entities and um, uh, familiars and things like that. And I want you to think in your mind about the teachings of the law of attraction. Because at the end of the day, what I've learned in reading all this stuff is that all of these different people who are teaching different things, whether it's called New Age, witchcraft, magic, or you know, religious science, or whatever it is, or kind of have created their own terms to describe things in the spiritual, mental, and physical planes. It's, it's words that they're making up to give descriptions to something. And these words are creating different um, belief systems. Like, you know, in Christianity, they use the word God, you know. And people will get offended of you if you don't use the word God, even though the word God is not anywhere in the original scripture. All right? But people in this country... They think you need to use the word God. But somebody made that word up. And it's hard for people to grasp that concept. It's hard for them to grasp because they've been hearing it all their life. They think it's natural. It's supposed, no, it is God, Yusuf. What are you talking about? Well, show me where that word God is used in Hebrew or Arabic or Greek, for that matter. Theos and Greek where you get the word theology from and theosophy. All right. And Arabic or Aramaic, as Jesus was speaking, it's Eli. That's when you look at Matthew 27, 46, where Jesus said, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. My God, is being, which they write in there and tell you, my, it's being interpreted as, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But it's also said in Psalms, uh, what is it, uh, 22.1, which many people have speculated that Matthew is a plagiarism from uh, Psalms 22.1. And David, when he says it, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In Hebrew, but it, it says, you know, it doesn't use the word Eli there because that wasn't written in uh, Aramaic. In Hebrew, we have the word Elo or Elohim. So they don't use the word God. So people are making up words to describe the spiritual world. In Christianity, they use the word heaven. In Hebrew, you have the word Shem or Shemayim, skies. And it got interpreted as heaven. Angel, I, this is a created word. In Hebrew, they have the word Malik. Or Arabic Malikati. Like in your book of Malachi. Mal- book of Malachi is my angel. That's the word Malachi, what it means, an angel. They've taken these words, Michael, who dares to be as El, Mikael, Mikael, who dares to be like El. They've taken these words and they've, they've, they've created different words to give descriptions to things and it's confusing people. And then they even came up with categories. They called it magic, witchcraft, Satanism, Christianity, New Age belief. When at the end of the day, everything comes from God. Everything follows the same rules. Everything does. So we're being deceived by people using word games on us to control our mind, giving descriptive terms, trying to influence us and tell us what's good and what's evil, which are also made up words. 
second, y'all. Let me let me take a quick break, real quick. I, I got I got to take care of a a matter, real quick. I will be right back. Just give me just give me a little time. I'm come right back to you. Okay, it ain't gonna take me long. All right, just hold on. Okay, I'm hoping I'm still coming through and everything. I uh, had something happen to my, uh, like, blog talk went down on me and everything. So I'm hoping I can, uh, y'all can all hear me still. Hold on real quick. I'm, this is why I got off, this is why I got off blog talk. <laughs> Just hold on one, one second, y'all. I'll be right back. Okay, y'all. I can't. I'm. I can't. I don't know what's going on. So I'm a. Uh, I'm just gonna keep going. Maybe it'll correct itself. Hopefully, it'll correct itself. So, where are we? Where are we at? Where are we at? Where are we at? Okay. You're talking about vibratory frequencies. And uh, let me let me make sure. Let me do a sound check real quick. For everybody. Somebody must didn't like me talking about this right here. This subject right here. I guess it is a touchy subject. And let's see. Yeah, okay, I got I got you. All right. Let's get let's get to uh these entities. Now if you're just joining us what I was speaking of is um, a book I was going to read, and I wanted everybody to compare and contrast it, juxtapose it, if you will, with the law of attraction. This is like an exercise I'm trying to do uh, if you haven't caught on this morning. I want people to start to be able to reconcile the differences and everything on this planet that people are teaching and how the confusion is not due to the information itself, but due to the 
uh, the people who are attempting to teach it and how it is crystallized in the different labels and things of that nature when it's all following a principle, and that principle is thought creates things. Now, the book I'm going to be uh, coming from this morning is a book entitled Creating a Complete Guide to Entity Creation, Creating Magical Entities. A Complete Guide to Entity Creation, Creating Magical Entities. Discover the empowering mystic secrets of this occult art. And this is on the back of the book, Creating Magical Entities, a comprehensive reference book. All right, and it's by a man named... um, What's his name? Uh, David Michael Cunningham, Cunningham, with contributions by Taylor uh, Elwood and Amanda Wagoner. And this is real. It's real interesting. It's called Creating Magical Entities. Now, when we read this, I want y'all to think, okay, I just got to talking about all this stuff about the mind and vibratory frequencies and all that. And I want you to put on your scientific hat, listen to the words he's using, And I want you to think about the law of attraction. All right? So let's get to it. First, in his first chapter, he gives you a definition of what an entity is. An entity. Which I like. It was actually a very good um, definition, I feel. But let's, let's look at it. He says, in his book, you will learn how to create a magical entity and how to use that entity to help you in life. One of the first things you must do before we can begin is to define what an entity is. For the purposes of this book, the term entity shall be defined as a vital principle held to give life to an immaterial essence, which has been created to have a self-contained and distinct existence with a conceptual reality by the deliberate effort of personifying segregated thoughts and emotions. Now, that was a fancy way of saying focusing your thought in one direction to create something. But I think that the definition did contain all the necessary elements. But he goes on, he says, in other words, you have the ability to create a being and emotions of your conscious mind. And by your direction, this being will act to manifest your desires. An entity combines the essence of the desired result with that of the person that created the entity. Unlike some forms of magical working, such as the creation of a talisman, entities are aware of their environment and understand its sense of purpose. The entities can be created through the help of this book or thought forms. Well, let's read that again. The entities that can be created through the help of this book are thought forms. That's what usually we read, thought forms. Thoughts become things. They say that in the science and uh, the law of attraction. Well, they're thought forms. They're using the word thought form right here. Okay, thought form. I want you to think about angel and demon and ghost and all these different things that you hear. But let's use right. Let's use the word thought form. Something creates something you're creating. It's given form, and it originates with your thought. Thought form. So the entities that can be created through the help of this book are thought forms that have been selected to bring forth desired results. A thought form is a symbol that represents a concept or thought for the person. 
A thought form can be visualized by anyone and can represent anything. It is entirely in the realm of concept until the person makes the thought form manifest into reality. That can be done through entity work as well as other methods. Through the deliberate actions and intentions of segregation and personification, separating the essential idea away from everyday concerns and giving it a personality, special characteristics, and associations to symbols, the thought forms will take on a conceptual form that will allow them to maximize the energy that they have received through your actions and intentions. By maximizing this energy, you allow for very powerful actions to occur through creative processes. All things that are created with the mind have the ability to manifest outside of the mind in some form or shape. Let me read that again. All things that are created with the mind have the ability to manifest outside of the mind in some form of shape. This is why you have to be very careful of your thoughts. This is why you hear somebody call a, um, a, uh, um, uh, what is that? Those sexual, uh, uh, things that attack you, um, that create a, uh, I'll think about it in a minute that they can, they, they make you think about sex all the time. Okay. Or what you call habits. Okay. Or they'll say that you're possessed in, in, in the Bible, Jesus called it possession that you are possessed. Okay, and he said, then they said also, well, let's read about Jesus real quick, about about possession. Let's read this. Let's look at Matthew real quick, chapter 17. And let's read something real quick. I want y'all to think about what we just read now. Matthew chapter 17. All right. Okay, and let's say, uh, let's start at 1714. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oftentimes he falleth into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. I mean, Jesus was like, man, how long I got to be with y'all, man? Y'all clowns. Y'all don't, y'all don't, I've been talking to y'all and talking to y'all and talking to y'all, and you just don't hear nothing I'm saying. And 18, it said, and Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, this is what's really interesting. Uh, He said, rebuke the devil in that hour. Now, but notice what Jesus is going to say to the disciples. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart, okay, privately, and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, it's a state of mind. But verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, 
Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. And notice they threw that in there. And in some books, they're going to take fasting out. You're going to notice this in Bibles. I'm always talking about that. You know how these people change things in the books. But he gives you a, a, a clue in 24, I'm sorry, in 21. He said, how be it? How come that only this kind of goes out through prayer and fasting? Prayer is directing the mind in a certain direction, and fasting is purification of the body. I found that, you know, this thing that you call, like people will tell you that when you, when you fast, your mind becomes clear. When you are in possession, what, it, what happened is your mind is being taken over. It is clogged. Uh, they, they do it with the food. It can be a, a number of different things, but you have to purify yourself. A purification process needs to take place. You need to restore it to its original vibratory frequency. So I want you to see that all of this is dealing with the mind. It's dealing with the mind. Every, almost every time you see Jesus, no, every, it is every time. Jesus is dealing with some sort of possession or something. It is a state of mind that he's dealing with. I want you to see that all of this originates in the mind. It is in the mind. Okay? We're dealing with the mind. So I wanted you to see that how, how it be at this kind only goes out. So when we're talking about these entities, they're creating entities and prayer and things of that nature. It's creating like an energy source with a container that can be sent somewhere. People do it in the church all the time when they have a group prayer. And they direct something. See, people are never really told or explained it in scientific terms. Maybe they don't need to be, you know, and that is what uh, they call about a person of faith. You know, they may not know exactly how it works. All they know is that it works. And that's quite all right. That's quite all right. It's nothing wrong with that. But I think that in order to grow, okay, you have to have knowledge. You have to have knowledge. You have to come into a learning and an understanding of exactly how events are occurring if you want to elevate yourself to the next level. Because in, 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 because in learning that you are the one that is doing it, now the responsibility is on you. And now you begin to experiment and you begin to find out different things about yourself that you never knew before. And you also begin to understand that the universe is a vastly bigger, bigger place than you originally thought, a lot bigger, okay, than just where you're at right now. And so that's why, you know, I'm always, you know, you know, telling people to say, look, you know, what you're saying about religion is correct, but you need to understand the mechanics behind what is going on. And what you have in a lot of these spiritual texts is very, um, I'd say, creative authors, who are trying to convey a message to people and put it in a way that is like, like a, like a Aesop's fable, if you will. I used to read Aesop's fable. Aesop's fables. That's what I kind of think a little bit about, you know, some of these stories I read in the Bible. 
Let me uh, let me get to this. So so let's let's continue. Let's continue. Let's get back to our book where we're reading. Okay, so we're talking about magical entities. And remember, if you're just joining us, what we're talking about is, uh, you know, we're comparing and contrasting what I'm reading with the law of attraction. I want you to think in those terms. Okay, so this is a book on magic. But notice how all it's talking about is the mind. It says, all things that are created with the mind have the ability to manifest outside of the mind in some form or shape. The mind is a microcosm of the universe. This is why in the Kabbalion they said that the universe is mental. This is also why they say that you're like a teaspoon in an ocean, that the universe, that God is a universal mind akin to the ocean, and you are a microcosm of that, like taking a teaspoon out of that ocean and you've been individualized. So now you possess the same qualities and abilities as this overmind, as this source that is everywhere, but just to a lesser degree, or maybe not to a lesser degree, because size is relative. You are a universe in contained within yourself. That's another discussion we'd have to get into. But I want you to understand that you're gods and goddesses. That which affects the mind has the ability to affect the universe. People have created and worked with different types of entities far beyond recorded history. Many gods and goddesses came into being as thought forms personified. This allowed humans to interact with and interpret cause and effect in the world in which they live. Often these fledgling thought forms were slowly transformed into the gods and goddesses that we know today by the general acceptance of the attributes given to events. As more people adopted those understandings of the events as actions of things greater than themselves, the thought forms gained momentum and energy from the people that understood them. Over time, a single thought had transformed from one person's way of understanding the world to what we are now considered some of the most powerful gods, goddesses, demons, and spirits. Now, there was a very good television show that went into this. It was called American Gods. It seems like they've taken it off the, sh- off the TV. But there's a very, you know, you had the new gods versus the old gods, you know, like Odin and uh, all the different Scandinavian gods and, you know, just different gods from the world. They were the old school gods, but then you had the new gods, the gods of technology, of Facebook, of social media and things like that. And they were going against these gods. And all of these gods were created because people had to believe them. Their power came from how many people believed in them. So they were jockeying to have, you know, followers. And this is what you have in social media. You have followers, Twitter accounts, Facebook. Everything is about follow me. How many followers do you have? And then it's he who controls the paradigm is God. You say, well, if I can control the way people think and perceive things, then I am their God. How could it be any other way? How can it be any other way? If somebody is controlling your mind, then they are your God. He who controls the paradigm is God. I loved how that was stated. I really did. I, I, I thought that was I thought that was very um, true. Because it's about perception. The mind is is everything. 
Think about this. This is what we're talking about, free thought, that in order to be free, your mind has to be free. What do you think the Willie Lynch letter was all about? The Willie Lynch letter is saying we can control these people's minds for 200 years if we impress their subconscious mind with enough fear. Then they will. we won't have to watch over them anymore. And the miseducation of the black man, um, there was an interesting thing in there. It said that, you know, uh, you know, the black man, you don't have to tell him to sit at the backs anymore, uh, back of the bus anymore. He does it on his own without having, having to be told. This is about the mind. You know, there's an illustration on the Internet of a horse that has been tied to a pole for so long that once you untie him for the pole, he still stays there because he's just used to being next to the pole. And Jamie Foxx's movie, um, Django, same thing at the end of the movie. You know, he left the cage open for him, but they wouldn't come out of the cage, even though Jamie Foxx had killed all of the slave catchers and owners. They still wouldn't come out of the cage. That is what you're dealing with in modern times. That is what you have to clean out of your mind. That is what you have to, what it's called, brainwash. You have to wash that out of your mind. That is what Jesus was saying. Unless you become as little children, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You have to unlearn what you have learned, young Skywalker. Everything you've been taught is wrong. So we're talking about the mind. I want to just re- you know, reiterate this. We are talking about the mind. We're talking about mental states, vibratory states that you have the ability to manipulate for your benefit or if you are unaware that you have this ability, somebody else will come in and manipulate them for you. You've heard the saying, either you have a plan, either you're going to follow your own plan or you're going to follow somebody else's plan, but you're going to follow a plan because the subconscious mind is going to take directions from someone or something. It is not going to shut down. She is going to take, uh, she is going to allow herself to be impregnated either through you or somebody else, but somebody going to get her pregnant. Because that's her job, to manifest things into the physical plane. So let's go on. Let's keep reading. So we see that these gods and goddesses were created through people's belief systems. You believed in it. And the more people that believed in them, the stronger they became. That energy force coming from the thoughts of so many different people. Once again, this is why I said earlier that Native American was talking about life after death that you will go to the place you believe in. If you think there's a hell, you're going to give yourself hell. This is also why it's very important to learn thought control while you're alive too, because it very heavily has an impact on the quality of existence you have after this state that you're in right now. Because when you pass into the other planes, time and space do not have any type of effect. So if you think of something, it will instantly appear. So if you can't control your thoughts, you can be creating all type of situations for yourself that will literally give you hell in the afterlife based off of your beliefs. 
Remember, Jesus said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed and you tell this mountain, the mountain could represent a problem or any type of thing that is in that is perceived to be insurmountable. You can tell it to be cast into the ocean. And nothing will be impossible for you. This is what the man said. Nothing will be impossible for you. Do you believe that nothing will be impossible for you? Nothing. Nothing. Why are these people getting mad at Kanye West when he said that slavery is a choice? Especially the Christians. Do they read their book? No, they don't read their book. They give lip service to it. It's just like what Jesus said. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They don't read this stuff. Don't even believe in it. So let's get on. It says the entity attached to the cat. Let's look at it. It says, when someone says the word familiar, and if you don't know what a familiar is, it's like a uh, like a, a entity that does the bidding of a mage or a witch or something to that effect. But it says when someone says the word familiar, images of a witch's black cat often come to mind. A familiar entity often aids witches in magical workings. Sometimes it will help lend a hand in regards to an upcoming event. When most people don't even know uh, I'm sorry, what most people don't know is that the cat isn't the familiar. The entity attached to the cat is the familiar. The familiar uses the cat as a medium so that it can affect the world around it and help the mage in his or her work. Even fewer people know that familiars are often created and what witches are not the and that witches are not the only people that create entities similar to familiars. Since ancient times the belief in use of entities such as familiars has had widespread uh, use. Often, people would use these entities in things other than cats, such as bottles, gems, statutes, etc. By taking specific thoughts and emotions and identifying them with things like names, symbolic attributes, etc., we are better able to work with them in a conscious manner. Therefore, it is very important that we wisely choose our thoughts and the way that we understand them. If we do not understand our thoughts and emotions and try to use them for our own benefit, the results can, and more often than not, will be counterproductive. Some people question the reality of entities created by our thoughts and emotions. Their understanding is that if we have the ability to create something with our mind, it therefore must be imaginary. And that's what the thing is. That's where the unbelief comes from. This is what Jesus was saying when he says, if you have the faith of a mustard seed and you believe the things that you have said have happened, okay, you'll have them. In Mark 11, 22 through 26, okay, the belief is coming from an understanding of the mechanics of the universe, that these thoughts that you're having in your mind, they are not imaginary. They have a real and tangible existence. When you talk, when that image in your mind, when you think of it, 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 you have just brought it into reality. You have just done the creation process. It just not, has not manifested on the physical plane. There's a process that you have to go through to have it manifest on the physical plane. The slowing down of the vibratory frequency, just like the different states of water, it goes through a gas, a solid liquid, and a gas. Okay, it starts off in the gaseous state down to the liquid state down to the solid state as the vibratory molecules vibration start to slow down. You can see water. Water will go from something that you can see to something that is invisible, but it's still there. You're breathing water right now. It's still there. 
Well, the same thing is with thought. When you think it, you gave it creation, but you haven't manifested it yet. It hasn't taken on a solid form. It hasn't solidified. To do that, there is a process that you have to follow. You have to focus. This is why they say write down your goals and read them every day. Michael Jackson had on the window, on his mirror, I am the world's greatest entertainer. Jermaine Jackson testified to that. He said, my little brother, the whole time he was growing up, he was literally had on his mirror every day, I am the world. He said, I am. This is where the I am comes from. It's I am because it has to be in now time. It can't be in the past or future tense because the universe doesn't recognize past or future. The only thing is the eternal now. This is why the God says, I am. This is where this is coming from. Open up y'all's mind and understand what it is these people are telling you. This is about empowering yourself. Stop thinking that there's some invisible man up there somewhere. You are in a sea of God. God is all around you. You are part of God. God is the all. He's the omni, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, and the all-present. I am in the love of God, and all love is in me. I'm a part of God, and God is a part of me. I'm one with God. And God is one with me. I can succeed as a part of God and fail as an individual. We used to call it the all, as it does, says in the Kabbalion. I'm a part of the all, and the all is a part of me. I'm one with the all, and the all is one with me. I can succeed as a part of the all and fail as an individual. I can be what I wish to be in the all as long as my wish is to stay in the all. I'm never alone. The all is and I am. The all can and I can. The all does and I do. That's an affirmation that you're saying to yourself. You're affirming your connection to God. You're affirming your connection that you have an understanding. I spent my last dollar getting here. One way ticket and you're talking to me about healing through belief. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. You've spent your whole life trying to widen that keyhole, to see more, to know more. And now, on hearing that it can be widened in ways you can't imagine, you reject the possibility. No, I reject it because I do not believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. There is no such thing as spirit. We are made of matter and nothing more. You're just another tiny momentary speck within an indifferent universe you think too little of yourself oh you think you see through me do you or you don't but i see through you Pushed your astral form out of your physical form. Busting that tea. Psilocybin, LSD. Just tea. With a little honey. I spent my last dollar getting here. One way ticket and you're talking to me about healing through belief. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. You've spent your whole life trying to widen that keyhole. To see more, to know more. And now, on hearing that it can be widened in ways you can't imagine... You reject the possibility. No, I reject it because I do not believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. There is no such thing as spirit. We are made of matter and nothing more. 
You're just another tiny, momentary speck within an indifferent universe. You think too little of yourself. Oh, you think you see through me, do you? Well, you don't. But I see through you! Pushed your astral form out of your physical form. Busting that tea. Psilocybin, LSD. Just tea. With a little honey. Okay, I'm back, y'all. I apologize. I apologize. Oh, the, the blog talk went down. I apologize to all my listeners. I know y'all were like, what in the world happened? Let me take some calls real quick. Let me open up the phone line. Somebody tell me what was the last thing y'all heard. I cannot believe this. I can't believe this happened, y'all. It seems like some forces are at work. Can somebody press one real quick and tell me what was the last thing y'all heard? Five zero two nine three seven two. I apologize. What's going on? Peace to the guys, my brother Yusuf. Man, I'm glad you're back, bro. I'm glad you're back. Peace, now, God, peace, I, peace. The last thing I heard, you was playing the, the clip from, I guess that was Dr. Strange. That was the last okay. thing that I heard. Okay, okay. And that was, you know, it's blog talk, man. It's, it, it was this blog talk. It was not me, y'all. It was not me. <laughs> it was not me. It was this board. All right, so I want people to understand that. I apologize. Um the thing with the Dr. Strange, what I was reading was I was talking about the mind and it was so much information I wanted to convey to y'all today about the mind and um, how um, you create these states through your perceptions and belief and how, right. you know, everything is within your control. The Dr. Strange was an illustration. I, I grew up reading Dr. Strange comic books and, um, as a young man, you know, and I don't know why I gravitated so strongly to those comic books, but the reason why is because um, I I just, you know, I don't know. It must have been something instinctual or something like that. You know, Stan Lee and George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg and all these guys, you know, they're like in yeah. different organizations and so forth, and they have access mm-hmm. to information. When you go back and read all of the um, Marvel comics, they're not fantasy they 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 have Why, like Star Wars. they make up characters as an overlay of reality, and it taught me so much about the Norse gods and like with Thor and so forth and technology about the electromagnetic spectrum and thought. I mean, all of that they put into the books. They put all of that into the books. It's very little fantasy about it. And Doctor Strange was one also that taught a great deal about the power of the mind, about um, entities, 
about um you know the astral world uh about uh you know your abilities that you have how you limit yourself and your perceptions and, and see, so forth yeah that's been on my mind a lot here lately uh because I'm a father my son's 3 and uh I don't know what it is, but he's, like, having a real challenge in terms of his mind where he has a lot of self-doubt, and he keeps saying that I can't, I can't, I can't. And I'm just struggling to try and figure out where it's all coming from, you know, that attitude of him doubting himself already. And, you know, I'm very involved in my son's life, and, you know, I'm I'm a barber as well, so I, I cut a lot of young men's heads. So, you know, it just gets me to thinking, you know, there's a lot of other young men who are probably going through that same thing. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me say this to you. It, it, it probably, how, how old is he? How old is he? He he just turned three, April 3rd. Uh, three years old. Okay. Right. This occurred during the pregnancy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to understand when a child is in the mother's womb and is being developed in the mother that they don't possess a conscious mind at that time, but they do possess a subconscious because everything is connected to the subconscious. Anything that you say around that woman or maybe she has had access to something um, or some, this is why women have to be uh, in a very, very, very peaceful environment when they are pregnant. They have to be in a peaceful environment when they're pregnant. This is why men have to provide. When you get a woman pregnant, she has to be provided for and put in an environment. This is for the benefit of your children, not for her, for the benefit of her children. So you got to understand that baby can hear everything that's going on on the outside. These are vibratory frequencies Uh that we're talking about. And they impress because that child hasn't developed a conscious mind yet. There's not the conscious mind is the seat of the will. So the child doesn't have a will when it is being formed in the womb of the mother. So the subconscious okay. mind is picking up everything and impressing it and making it a part of that child's personality. Now, the personality is a conglomerate of habits which have been lodged in the subconscious mind. You can root this out from this child. Um, one of the processes mm-hmm. that they use to do this in religion is called prayer. Okay, this is why you saw in the different um, different religions, uh, like especially in Islam, they would make them pray seven times a day. Prayer, uh, meditation, concentration, what you feed them also is very important. Don't give them any processed foods, especially Mm -hmm. sugar. You know, eliminate all the things from the diet. He doesn't like that. They're having an adverse effect. Give them only natural foods. Okay, okay, natural foods, all right, to start to change this and start to um, put them into something. Um, you know, it's like this. I thought about this when I was younger. I remember when um, sometimes you have to be just thrown into the water. Um, I'm watching. I, I, was, uh, I, I remember when I was younger, I was afraid to swim. I was afraid. I was terrified of water. I was terrified of it, you know. And um, several times my mother had taken me to the YMCA and even during the swimming class, they like, put your head underwater. I wouldn't put my head underwater. I'd be holding on to the side. wouldn't put my head underwater or anything like that. Yeah, you stayed And adjusting. then finally, <laughs> yeah, I, I was just afraid. You know, I just said, no, nah, I'm never going to be able to learn how to swim. I can't do it. And then um, I was at my grandmother's house, and they made me take a swimming class. And the lifeguards 
took us over to the 10-foot part of the pool and um, made me stand on the low diving board. The lifeguard was in the water, of course. You know, she was treading water and said, okay, now jump in. I don't want to jump in. I don't want to jump in. Jump in. I don't want to jump in. So they pushed me in the water. And when I pushed in the water, the water, I fell down, and the water went over my head, and I held my breath as hard as I can. And and, and there was kind of like fear because I couldn't feel the bottom of the pool, and I'm sinking down. I'm sinking down into the water. And then the lifeguard grabbed me, pulled me back up to the side, and pulled me over to the side. And when I got to the side of the pool, I thought, that wasn't too bad. Right. I didn't. I didn't die. It wasn't too bad. So it wasn't later on that week that I was doing cannonballs off of the high board. <laughs> what, probably a week or two later, I was jumping off the tower doing cannonballs. I mean, it just totally, the, 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 the confidence that it gave me. Also, let me tell you something else about sports. You put them in a sport. Sports okay. have been You're already doing that. I think, yeah, sports contributed greatly to my confidence, too. I'll give you another story. I was in Little League Baseball. I was the worst hitter on my team. I was afraid of the ball. You know, first you start off with T-ball, and then you progress to mm-hmm. uh, they pitching fastball. So T-ball I was okay with. I did the T-ball pretty good. I went to the next level. We were playing fastball. So I'm coming up to the plate. They throwing it out. This ball coming fast over the plate. Well, for Little League, I thought that was fast, you know, <laughs> for Little League. <clears throat> I'm afraid I'm going to get hit with the ball. I was terrified. I struck out every time I came to the plate. My grandfather, my grandfather, he took me to a batting cage and put it on, you know, you have different settings on the batting cage. Uh, You know, you got little league, minor league, and major league. He made me practice swinging at 90-mile-an-hour fastballs. That's all every day I was in the batting cage and it was on high 90 miles an hour fastballs coming at me every day, 90 miles an hour. And then I started hitting those 90 mile an hour fastballs uh-huh. within that same year. I went from the worst hitter to a home run king. And at the end of the year, I won the most improved player award. I got a, a gold a glove and so forth, a big glove. But I'm telling you this to say, not to brag or anything, but at one point I was doubtful and lacked confidence in myself. And then somebody took me through some sort of training to improve that self-confidence about myself. And I give a lot of credit to sports. Also give a lot of credit to like, I give you another example in my hood. When, you know, when I was growing up, my parents were, um, they were uh, uh, married. You know, my father made a lot of money, so we lived in a, in, a, in a nice area. And 
you know, it was like a white neighborhood, and I went to a white high school, and I mean, white little elementary school and everything. This is when I'm real, real young. And um, when my fat, my parents got divorced, we moved to the hood. So I go to the hood. I've never fought before. I ain't never had a fight before or anything like that. So in my neighborhood, I the first week in my neighborhood, the the guys in my street, all my friends and everything, okay, you're going to be on this street, you're going to learn how to fight. So they take me around the corner to fight another little young boy who I don't even know, who has not even done anything for him, to me. And the people on the next street are taking him over here to fight me for the same very same reason. <laughs> wow. I don't have nothing against him. I don't have nothing against him. So I'm terrified. I'm terrified. You know, I got to get into it. I better have my first fight. I'm terrified. But they surround us, and they make us go at it. And we rolled around on the ground. You know, it wasn't really too much uh, punching really going on too tough. It's more wrestling probably more than anything, but probably hitting on the back or on the back of the head and stuff like that. But they took me from a state of fear into a state of confidence, you know, from because after it was over, the same thing happened when we were swimming. I said, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> Everything just became that wasn't too bad. You know, my adrenaline was pumped up. You know, I'm mad and everything. And they kept on and they kept on doing it too. Because that's what they say. If you allow somebody to bully you, they will continue. It won't be the day until you stand up. And even if you lose the fight, even if you lose the fight, I can't tell you the number of times in my neighborhood, women and men, they come out and somebody's afraid of somebody and a parent come out, okay, you know, you kick his ass. You know, it's like they stand there. And make their child fight, you know what I'm saying? Especially it's a boy, especially it's a boy. Make him fight, and even if he lose, I don't care if he lose, but you're going to stand up to this this boy. Right. You know, they kind of got something different nowadays. I kind of grew up in, like, a different time and everything. Uh, things were different. You know, they like bullying is just a bad thing and all this. But, uh, <laughs> and, but when I was growing up, that's what was going on. And, you know, what people weren't really pulling out guns to shoot each other. You know, I saw some very good fights. I even saw friends in my neighborhood fight over a girl's <laughs> honor. They would fight over a girl and everything. Girl would stand over there, and they'd fight over this girl and everything. I mean, I saw all kinds of things. I mean, you know, like, you know, older guys are doing and everything. You know, it's like it's, it's a different type of day and age and everything that we're in. But this fear thing, this <laughs> doubt thing is originating from a misplaced, idea about reality a lack of understanding of your abilities and there's some sort of exercise uh that he needs to get into to start thinking on a positive level you could start by making him write down things like what they would do in in class i will not talk while in class when they used to do that in class make you do that a hundred times but that's Mm -hmm. that's rooted in that's rooted in programming the subconscious mind so maybe you should make him do something like I want you to write this a hundred times. I, he's I, not able to write that, but he will soon. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, you know, it's some he's type he's of he's some Yeah, because what happens is repetition. You as his father have to mm-hmm. show him that his doubt is misplaced. You have to come up with some sort of exercise for him. 
And this is why it's important okay. for men to spend time with their children and so forth. But you can't you can't baby them. You can't baby a little boy, because I because that's the okay. pathway right now to being soft, being weak, and things like this is doubt and all of this. You got to get rid of that. We got to root that out. You know, you got to start training them up to be a young warrior. Okay. Right. And I think sports is a great way of doing that and overcoming some of the limitations in sports. I played a lot of different sports when I was growing up. I played football, basketball, soccer, and baseball. I played all of them. And I would have ran track if they would allow me to. Uh, The track coach didn't think I was fast enough. But (laughs) I thought I was was pretty fast. I mean, you know, I didn't run it. I ran like, I think my fastest time. It was like four nine, four eight or something. So I would I didn't have any blazing speed or anything like that. But uh but uh I you know, I tried everything. I was very very, very active when I was young and I had a lot of confidence when I was young too. Um, you know, I I I just wanted to always prove uh to everyone that I could do it, you know, basketball especially. You know, in my neighborhood, you know, growing up in my neighborhood, the guys in my neighborhood, they were they were they didn't have no mercy. Yeah, they have no mercy. They ain't. They, you know, you better not be soft in nothing that you do. Don't be soft. If you come in and play basketball soft, you're gonna end up on the ground because they play football where they playing basketball. Yeah, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna be soft. For yeah, you're gonna get tackled. <laughs> you know, something like that. And you better not cry. You better not do nothing. You're gonna be soft. And if you start crying, you definitely are not receiving any type. Everybody's of, gonna be on the yeah, you know, you can't do none of that, especially if you want to be in with the cool dudes and everything. So I took my I took my bruises. I remember there was this guy. He used to uh, always beat me up. He was older than me. He was he was bigger than me, and he was older than me. And uh, he used to always kind of try to bully me. And I and I, I wouldn't I wasn't really afraid of him so much. I tried to fight him back, but he was just bigger and stronger than me, and I really could never get the uh, up on him. So I know when I got a little older. Um, he said, you know, I, I, I encountered him again. He said, you know, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whoop you like I used to do you when you were younger. And so he came at me, and this time I body slammed him on the ground. Mm. As a matter of fact, I, uh, when I body slammed him, I almost killed him because there was like a, a branch sticking out of the ground that was real sharp. When I slammed on the ground, his head fell next to it, and that made me scared. I'm like, damn, I just could just kill this dude. But I was surprised how much weaker he was than me. I was like, God, and when he got back up, he was so afraid of me. I saw the fear in his eyes. And that was like a real good passage for me. I'm like, man, I finally got this guy back and everything, you know. But, but by that time, I'd gotten bigger, a little stronger and things like that. But I'm saying all this to say, and, you know, in your son, is you can overcome your fears. You can overcome the things that you doubt. You just have to have a little courage to face your fears. Right. That's what you're really asking me. What can you do to give your son the courage to face his fears? What to face his doubts? Okay, you got to face it because a lot of, almost every time you face your fears, you're going to see that they were unfounded, that they that they were illusionary, that they were ephemeral, that they were phantasmagorias of the mind, that these ghosts that you have created in your mind. That's what they are. So. You know, but you have to have some process where you face that fear. You have to face your fear. You have to face it to overcome it. You have to look it in the eye. And that's what it is. That's what's the limitation on this planet is fear and doubt. Fear and doubt are the enemies. Fear and doubt are the mind killers. The mind 
is the most powerful force on the universe. It's the mind. Everything is being brought up in the mind, so we have to change someone's mind. You have to create a new habit. Habits aren't eliminated. Habits are replaced. Habits are not eliminated. Habits are replaced. A good exercise people can do is write down all of your personality traits that you feel are limiting you and understand that they all have a polar opposite and write down the polar opposite and start concentrating on those. Everything has a polar opposite. The alchemy can only, uh, something can only be transmuted to its polar opposite. It cannot be just transmuted into anything. You can't turn gold into, you know, to platinum, silver, or whatever is the polar opposite of gold, that is the only thing you can transmute it into. So whatever is the polar opposite of fear, which is courage, it can be transmuted into that. Okay? You have to identify the polar opposites of these emotional states and use the process of mental uh, 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 um, alchemy to transform it into a different vibratory frequency. He's just stuck in a, a vibratory frequency. And this is called habits. And you can change them. But hopefully that helps you out a little bit. You know, it's like um, the hey, exercise. I do appreciate is, it, specific. I really do. I do think, sport, I do think sports is, is important. Um, maybe boxing. You know, maybe you need to get hit a couple of times. I mean, you know, that's something else I did when I was younger. Uh you know, I we, I mean, we moved in these uh, in this uh, I want to call it the projects. It probably was. You know, you live in the project. You know, we don't know. But I know my first day there when we moved over there, the guys came and put on boxing gloves, made me box, and I had to box this guy. And this is why I really have a lot of respect for boxers. I don't think people really understand how skillful a boxer is. Okay, I you know I got respect for boxers. And everything, because I understand, I know, I couldn't even hit this dude. I couldn't even hit him, and everything. I could not hit him. That's how fast he was, and um, you know, and uh, but it taught me some things too, you know. And it, his name was Sabu. I still remember his name. He's young, and he's a Golden Glove boxer. He used to take me out and help me with boxing and everything, uh, uh, to teach me how to use my hands and everything. It was, you know, it was real good. But getting hit, um, you know did something for me too you know it like helped me overcome my fear because you're afraid to get hit but then when you get hit with the glove and get used to it the fear you know starts to subside so just like that's why you see boxes and box and take a punch and everything and keep going because it's about getting over that fear man you got to get over that fear and that doubt they're the enemies and they are only they are only in the mind it's about training the mind exercises for the mind he's he's real young right now I mean, it's not like it's no hope or nothing like that, but you could start by putting him in a confident situation. I remember um, Mike Tyson, he was talking about uh, when uh, he was being trained, and he said that, he said, he would always talk to me in the now. He would say, when you become world champion, Mike, you're going to do this. When He said, he, he talked to me like I was already the world champion all the time. You have to do it in now time. You got to re- reinforce that. One, I got mad at my ex-wife one time because I got my children came to see me, and I'm taking my daughter up to the store, and I, I got her in a toy store, and, you know, she tells me, she sees a little toy that she likes. She say, uh, I like that. I say, you want that? She said, yeah, but Mommy said we can't afford it. When she said that, I got so motherfucking pissed at my ex-wife. I told my kids, I said, y'all buy whatever y'all want. 
I said, I want y'all to go through this store, get whatever the fuck you want to get. I spent all kind of money and everything. I called them to never teach my children that they, they can't afford nothing. Stop yeah, using that. Yeah. Stop telling these children that. Stop programming with this lack and limitation. Tell them, how can we figure out how we can obtain this? Try to think of a way. Mm-hmm. Well, I do appreciate the insight, Yusuf, man. I just, I just love that you're back on the air to get this, get somebody to listen to, you know, when it, when it's slow. But man, you keep doing what you're doing, but I'll continue to listen. All right. I appreciate it, dog. I appreciate it. Peace, God. Peace. All right. Let me go to the next caller real quick. Five three zero. Eighty-two twenty-nine. You're on the line. What's on your mind? Oh, hold on. Your mic went back down. There you go. Mic's over. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Peace, peace. I I, I got a question for you. All right. Um, in regards to what the what the, the other gentleman was talking about. Now I got a wife, right? Um, she has a child. She she, she has two other children. Um, not by me. So everything was cool. Got her pregnant, right? Now, all of a sudden, after she get pregnant, it's like she goes into a state of fear. Now, uh, everything was cool. We went we sleeping in the same bed. Everything's cool. Now she feels more comfortable sleeping on the couch. So I asked her, I said, yo, you know, something wrong? And she was saying to me, she says, um, I have a fear that you're going to leave me. You know, the way you acted is as if you push me away. Now, you are going to leave her. Because you're thinking that, you are going to leave you're, you're going to leave her because that's the fear. As it says in the book of Job, the thing that I feared the most has come upon me. She's creating that situation. Oh, man. And that's what, I, that's what I try to explain to her. And now, when she goes to sleep, now I understand <laughs> when you say make the environment as peaceful as you could. And I try my hardest to do so. Now, she, on the other hand... She goes to sleep watching like hip hop wise, Atlanta wise, all that nonsense. And it is. I'm like, yo, let me let, let me let it me read is. to you. Um, let's get back to how we was before you got pregnant. And it's like a culture shock now. It's like it's like she stressed herself to the point because her complexion is changing. Um, well, complexion now, changes could be. Is she pregnant? Is that what you're saying? She's pregnant right now. Yeah, she's pregnant. She's pregnant right now. I mean, sometimes that could be the hormones of the child. Sometimes women break out because um, they may be having a boy, and there may be some hormonal differences that there that are adverse to. Um, you also need to uh, make sure. See, this is why it's important for people to understand their blood types too. Everybody, mm. we got to learn the science of mating. Every blood type is not compatible with every other blood type, okay? That's something else that we need to get back to is understanding blood types. But as far as um, her mind state of where she is right now, that is affecting the child, all right? She's putting doubt and everything. Her emotions and everything, that child is feeling that, and it's being impressed upon that child's subconscious. The personality of that child is being formed right now based off of um, you know, the activities that the parents are engaged in. You know, I noticed something about my children. Mm-hmm. All my children possess a personality of what I was doing at that time. When I had my daughter, I was in the Nawabian Nation. I was doing a lot of reading. 
she's like a brainiac. Okay, <laughs> like a brainiac. Yes. When I yes. had my son, when when I had my 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 son, I was wilding out. When I had my youngest daughter, I was hustling. She got like a hustle mentality type thing. It's like it's like I'm looking at him, and I'm like, you got the personality of what my mental state was at the time I was engaged in when I conceived you. Pay attention to your children. Pay attention to your children. Okay, that's why they all have different personalities. They all are reflections of what you impressed upon their subconscious minds and the formation of them in the womb. That's why they're all different. Because you were at a different time and place, probably at each pregnancy that you had. You got to understand that you are the one that is creating this. The child doesn't have, they call it the age of imagination. The child doesn't reach the age of imagination until seven years old. Until then, you are responsible for the formation of their personality. You have to provide and protect them. You can't allow certain things to enter into their space. You can't introduce them to certain things. And that starts at conception. See, a lot of people... This is what, you know, a lot of people, like, abortion is murder. Yes, yes. It's murder. All right, it's murder. They try to, you know, it's right to life thing and all that, you know, it's murder. You know, women, they, they have their own thing about it, but it's murder, okay, because people want to argue when does um, life begin, okay? All right, this being is a being, it just doesn't possess a conscious mind as of yet. But it has impressions that are being formed in it um, through um, what is happening on the outside, what it's receiving from the mother, what it's receiving from the father. All right. I heard Phil Valentine say, I thought it was very beautiful. He said, the more your woman loves you, the more your child will look like you. Mm. That instantly, instantly resonated with me. When you see uh, you know, mm. children that look exactly like the parent, that was because the parent really, really loved that person. And I thought, like, that makes mm-hmm. a lot of damn sense, you know, because you got to think about that it. That sense. person is all, When you love someone, they're always on your mind. When you love someone, that you only want the best for that person and so forth. So you got to understand the esoteric things that are going on that we kind of, you know, attribute to, you know, uh, happenstance or, you know, just coincidence. It's not coincidental that your child looks just like you. You know, so this thing about her, I want to get back. This thing, this thing about her, um, okay. you know, being afraid and so forth. A lot of women, they get pregnant, they get big, um, they start to, you know, be self-conscious about the way that they look. Um, it is a known fact that most men cheat when women get pregnant, you know, because they can't, you know, really, you know, some people are not desirous of, you know, don't find their women attractive and are sexually uh uh, attractive. Some men do, you know. I found my. Oh, it didn't but you know me. what's crazy, you know? Uh-huh. I found my. I, she's pregnant, right? And I tell her she's beautiful. I speak my mind very, very, very fluently. So I tell her how I feel about her, and I said to her, I said, I never thought I would experience this, but it seemed like the bigger you getting, the more I feel, the more I feel this entity inside of you, the more love I have for you. And I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I'm more attracted to you, to you by the minute. Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's, that and was, that was my mind state. It's like, you are bringing a child in the world for me. And it, it really made me love my woman even more because I was seeing, well, we're having a child together. 
Now, you might not have this with people who, like, are resentful of the fact they've gotten somebody pregnant accidentally and, you know, they're not desirous of having a child with but if you are desirous of having a child with a person and everything during that pregnancy state, um, it's uh, it's a very happy time for you as a man because you see that wow, you know, it's like I'm having a child, and you really, you know, appreciate this woman um, for being the vessel for bringing this child into existence for you, and uh, it it does form a bond. It can form a very close bond, or sometimes it, you know, you know, in situations where. Uh, you know, where people weren't desirous of that particular situation, it can separate the people. But um, I think that is where uh, that kind of uh, is in this, probably what she's watching on TV too. You know what I'm saying? She's watching that uh, TV and, and music can have a very big influence. You need to cut off all that negative hip hop shit because on that hip hop shit, all they do is talk about fucking hoes and, you know, I take yep. your woman and all this shit. You know, they program people with that shit. That love and hip hop and all that hip hop shit, all it is is naked ass women dancing around looking fine, um, you know, uh, bop money and shit. And all that shit, you need to turn all that shit off. It don't even need to be on in the house. You need to make a rule that, okay, we're cutting all this shit off. You're not watching none of this shit during this pregnancy. You can get back to it after the pregnancy, but right now, and then you need to play some sort of music, um, you know, uh, audio tapes and everything while she's pregnant and everything. And this is why a mother has to be very knowledgeable. Because, see, when you get with a woman that's ignorant of spiritual things, I, they don't like this kind of stuff. You know, this is why also you have to get a woman that's conscious. That's conscious Man, can about I say something things. on that? Yeah, go ahead. When, I, when, I, when, when we first got together, right, she was, she, was, she was what I thought was conscious. I would talk, she would... It's nothing like having a woman you could pour out to and they receive. And it seemed like she was on the same page, right? But, man, when she got pregnant, when I tell you things got different, I was like, yo, I feel like you tricked me. Like, like, <laughs> like you, you, you tricked me. And, and I said it. I, I said it. I said, look, I feel like you, you tricked me. You trapped me. You trapped me up. And I say, I can't really call it a trap because I engaged in it. We planned this out. But once you figured out that you had me and I was not going anywhere, you got real different because the you know, for months she would be nah we not watching this love hip none, none of that we won't listen to this type of music because I don't I don't listen to rap um we was listening you know classical all types of jazz things like that listen to a, listen to a lot of like you um and just other things that was informational to keep us building as one but when this happened oh yeah it was it was different it was like all right, I'm gonna migrate from this bedroom to this couch. And the crazy part is, now she has a younger son. They sleep on the couch together. And 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 I'm like, yo, you you kind of like feminizing this little dude now because he's taking like he he's taking on what like happened with her? Trait. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What yeah. happened with her and the father of the two? You say she had two children prior to you getting yes. with her. Um. Okay. The, 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 okay, the baby, gonna... the baby's father, he just bounced. He said when she when he found out she was pregnant, he told her, I don't want it. I don't want to be bothered and left. Oh, she had another but she had another one by him. She got two by the same man or all these children by different, different men. Oh, oh, different men. Okay, so I hate to say this, all right, but she sounds like she's creating this, this okay, when women do when something like that is happening with a woman and she's having babies by different men, it's not the men, it's her. Right, and now right. you are beginning to now you are beginning to see why these men left 
because it looked like you're mm-hmm. going to be number three. It looks like you're going to be number three. It's just like someone, like I knew a woman who got married seven times. She was trying Damn. to give relationship advice to my girlfriend. I told my girlfriend, how are you going? For I said, first of all, she's not in a relationship. So how can she give you relationship advice? And she's been married seven times. I told her to her face. I said, you do understand that the problem is not with the men that you've encountered in your life. The problem is with you. You've been married seven different times. Ain't no problem with those men. It's you. Okay, and that's the same situation that you're about to encounter. You know, there's the thing, and I'm going to get raw with you for just a second. I know this woman is pregnant by you. Uh, but Please do. Marriage is really only intended for virgins. Mm-hmm. It's really only intended for virgins. All right, this is why you have in the Bible where it tells very clearly it says when you ha- when you marry a woman who is divorced, you create that's a sin. Okay? Right. The reason for that, we have to look at the science behind mating. Okay, there's a reason why a woman has a hymen. They won't add, they won't give much credence to this, but they have a hymen, okay? That is a seal that nature has placed over the woman to let everyone know that she has not been touched by a man. All right, she hasn't been touched by a man. All right, when that seal is broken, okay, her personality changes. I know I, I remember one time me and my homeboy, um, you know, he's, he's raising his daughter on his own. And uh, at graduation time, she's a virgin. We, we, we were making sure that she's a virgin. Uh, I think she's about 21 years of age right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and all her, all her girlfriends around her are having sex. And I remember at the graduation, I got a chance to meet her uh one of our best friends. And I just watched her, how she moved and how she danced. And I told my friend, uh, cause, uh, you know, you know, our parents are all friends with each other and all of these yeah. women are thinking that their daughters are virgins and everything that they haven't had sex. Cause they haven't come and told them or had a discussion with them that they had sex. And I told my friend, I said, say, man, that girl right there fucking man. He said, what? I said, man, your daughter's friend is having sex. Now, the mother didn't know this. It wasn't two weeks later. He said, man, how did you know that, man? I said, man, I'm looking at when a woman has sex, something changes about her. It's in her gait. She starts to throw her hips more. She starts to understand that she is a sexual object, and now she's looking to attract more of that, whereas before that, when they were in a state of ignorance of to sex, they didn't know how, you know, really to attract that, that sexual uh, or put out that sexual vibration. So you can see this, you know, you can see it in the woman. And some women notice it. Some, not all women are ignorant of it. They can tell when their daughter's having sex or something. Some ones who really pay attention and who are aware. Um, but the thing is, is that when a woman has sex with a man for the first time, She's taking on the vibratory frequency of that man that she has first has contact with, and it's helping form her personality. This is why women are property of men. I know women don't want to hear that, but it's why they kind of coined that in law, that you know a woman was kind of the property of the man, because those laws are based off of the understanding that um, a woman is, is off the Bible, first of all, off the Bible. Because, see, the society we live in today don't honor none of that. It's not honoring any of that, okay? There's no laws whatsoever. It's just a free-for-all. People are having sex whenever they want, where they want, with whoever they want. Um, people are marrying whoever they want. They ain't checking a uh, blood type. 
You know, they're just based off of a feeling. And then people are wondering why uh, 50, uh, what is it, 70% of all, seven, probably 80% of all marriages end in divorce within the first two years. Within the first two years. And it's a higher number for second marriages. All right. And the reason for this is because people aren't knowledgeable about the laws of nature. They don't understand the science of mating. Okay. They totally, totally reject knowledge. They think that they can do whatever they want to do, which they can. But when you do whatever you want to do in ignorance of the law, there's a cause and effect associated with that. And you are going to incur the corresponding effect, okay, of that. Okay, it's cause and effect. Okay, so you got to know the cause and effect is the law. For every, uh, for every cause, there's an effect. For every effect, there's a cause. It's an exact science. So there is a corresponding effect that happens in the spiritual world when you have sex for the first time. Okay, and what that is, we're talking about vibratory frequencies, vibratory signatures. This is why the men are desirous of having virgins, because the woman is the manifester. The feminine energy manifests things into the physical plane. Everything Uh feminine is associated with receiving something. They call the earth Mother Earth, because if you plant a seed in her, she will bring Uh forth whatever you plant in her. So they call her Mother Earth. They right. call ships she because they give birth. They, they transport things inside of it. And when they come into port, what they call their birth, okay, gives forth all these products. So a ship is called a she. The universe is called a she. You hear these women call the universe a womb because it gets impregnated with something. They give these concepts in religion by calling it Father God. Every time you see God, referenced in any religion he's always referred to as a he and then the women Uh think that oh that is like um you know that's just some uh uh you know uh you know y'all men and everything are doing this no it's very wise people to put it in there that is a principle okay but they ignore the feminine the feminine is represented as wisdom they don't use the word nature in the bible they use the word wisdom they use the word wisdom in place of nature. Wisdom is always referred to as a she. Wisdom was the first right. of all creation. All right. This is what you're, these are principles that are being discussed in very ancient terms that today we're trying to interpret and put into modern terms. And people start associating it with penises and vaginas when we're talking about principles of nature, of active and passive principles that do manifest on all planes as above, so below. And on the lower planes, it manifests as sex in one of its forms. On the mental plane, it manifests as the conscious and subconscious mind that engage each other to manifest something. Okay? So we have to understand these things. All right? So... It is you are, the masculine is the provider and protector of the feminine. The masculine, the conscious mind is masculine because it is the seat of the will. Okay. In other words, it is the guardian at the gate. It will decide on what will impregnate the female or the feminine uh, or the feminine. The feminine will take whatever is placed inside of her. 
Just like today, if the woman, whoever a woman chooses to have sex with, she's going to manifest that seed according to the person she has sex with. The subconscious mind is no different. Whatever you allow in the space of the subconscious mind is going to manifest. What guards that from happening is the conscious mind. A child in, the form- in its formative years inside the womb doesn't have a conscious mind. So it's the parent's responsibility to guard that conscious mind from receiving certain impressions. The conscious mind has informed. The child does not have a will when it is forming. You are the provider and protector of that child's subconscious mind. You know something? This is, and, and this is the part that I was, this was messing me up. And it was, I was thinking about this for quite some time because I understand what you're saying about us being the mind of the children before they develop their own mind. I had said, I said, man, the way you're going, we're not going to last. Um, but I, and if, when I leave, I'm not going to leave my child behind, right? So we got into this discussion like, oh, you're not going to take this child, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, a slave can't own property. I'm not a slave anymore. And I left it as that. Um, but the whole separation of families, that's the part that was driving me crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. How is this how how was this going to work? Because I, I I grew up with people that had both parents and seen how they came out, and I grew up with individuals that had you know single parents and how they came out. And I mean I I, I know people that are successful on both sides, but there is a major difference between people that have both their parents. There is a major difference, and that, that is very true. I mean, um, and I don't understand why women don't understand that when they decide to leave a man. I mean, it's like, you know, you are really, it's selfish is what it is. That woman is only thinking about herself. She's not thinking about, you know, the welfare of her children. She's thinking about herself. Now, I can understand if you're in an abusive relationship, somebody's beating your ass or something like that. I can under, and that's a problem within that man. There's some type of, um, uh, of uh, some type of subconscious, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, self-esteem issues within that man There's the lash out of, at a woman physically like that And also women can be responsible too Because you know I, I heard uh, uh, Tariq Nasheed say one time I really love it He said there are two sides to every ass whooping Which is true Because <laughs> women do have a weapon Women have a weapon as well That they don't give mm-hmm. That I don't feel like law and society Gives enough credence to Is their tongue their tongue, okay? Yeah, I Their tongue. You know, you know what I'm saying? That is a weapon, okay? And you have to be a very strong man to resist the tongue of a woman. There's no woman. There, the, 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 the person who can affect you more with their mouth out of anybody around you is your woman. She can make or break a man. She can build a man up or tear him down, all right? So, you know, so these are things we have to take into consideration, too, because, you know, a lot of women haven't they're growing up in single parent households um, as well as the men are. They haven't been taught how to be mothers, how to be wives or anything like that. All right. And so they project a lot of masculine energy because they are in survival mode. They have to take care of themselves. Maybe they have to take care of children. They have to fill the position of the man and the woman for so long that now their subconscious mind has been impressed uh, with these particular uh, character traits, all right? So they have, they're not 100% in their feminine role, okay? Because they haven't been taught. And men haven't been taught either. It's on both sides, you know? 
Men have been taught how to be fathers and, and proper husbands, and women haven't been taught how to be mothers and proper wives. This is what you see that's going on. And nobody can argue with that because we have a 70% divorce rate within the first seven years, within the first two years. Look at the divorce rate. Who wants to argue with what I just said? Obviously, obviously, okay, somebody doesn't know anything. And you say we won't last. That is because my people die for the lack of knowledge. You die for the lack of knowledge. You have to educate yourself. We need to start getting a proper spiritual education. The churches aren't doing it. They're failing. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm on that. And in the right beginning, thing. she was on it, but it's just. It, man, it was just like, man, she got this thing in her. It, it was just like, it's completely different. It's, it's so well, different to the point to where I want to reach out to all the young men. You can't help a person that doesn't want to help themselves. All right, the first right. level of, of, of helping yourself is awareness. You have to be aware of what is going on with you. All right, and awareness comes from study of knowledge of like what we're talking about today. Okay, if you're unaware, like, for instance, if you're unaware that the mind creates things, okay, you are going to live a life of insanity because mm-hmm. you're going to keep doing things. You're going to pe- keep projecting things into the universe with your mind, not knowing that the thing that you're projecting is going to come back to you. And then when it comes back to you, you are associating it with an outside circumstance that it is somebody else who is doing it. You're not the one doing it. And you keep doing it to yourself, all right? So now you're insane because, as I said, the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. So when we look at mastery, Robert Greene has an audio tape called Mastery. You can get it on YouTube. You should listen to it. It's called Mastery. Also, there's another one that is very good called Your Wish is Your Command, which is, I think, by Kevin Trudeau, which I think is the best thing out there. She needs to listen to audio tapes like that. Sometimes you have to force feed people. Um, I know when I was going through my spiritual development, there was a time my friends, they were sick of me because they would be like, man, every time we get in the car with you, man, you're playing these tapes, man. You know, you're playing t- I rode around all the time. I didn't never listen to the radio. I always had an audio tape yeah, on. Me. So my friends, my friends would be like, man, I don't like getting in the car with this nigga. We want to listen. Man, can we play the radio, play some hip-hop or something? I'm like, no. Nah. As you get in the car with me, bro, you're going to listen. And then finally, they start listening to it. They start listening to it. So sometimes you have to be the example that you want people to follow. You know, why would your woman do something if you're not doing it? You know, you need to start doing it on a daily basis, and then maybe she'll start doing it. But the thing is this, is that we have to get a – there has to be some sort of change. That change is not going to come unless she desires to do so. You can't make a person do anything because we're all free will beings. And – Usually what makes the person want to have some sort of change is when they become aware that the problem that they, that they have is within themselves. It's not until they come into that awareness that the problem is within themselves that they will start to change. But right now, if they keep associating it, it's you. You're the problem. You're the problem and everything. You're going to leave me. You don't treat me right. You don't do all these things. You know, you hear all of this stuff. When the problem but now she didn't, she didn't come off like that. She said to me, she goes, it's not you. She goes, you, 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 everything that I ever asked for. She goes, it's just something in me that is. Well, there she's like, you go. She said something up. Maybe she doesn't. May, and this can be a thing, too. All right. Let me, let me say this. 
Women mm-hmm. need validation. All right? they, they're in constant see- seeking of validation. When they receive that validation, they lose interest in you. All right? This mm-hmm. is where the nice guy finished last concept comes from. Women chase men who are like hustlers, bad boys, because they're not giving them that constant validation. All right? They got it's a competition. They are a challenge, as they say. It's a challenge because they can't get this man to recognize the fact that he need, that they need to be the center of his universe. That woman, no matter how fine she is, how good she looks, she's not the center of that man's universe because he has other women who are just as fine and who look just as good or who have same, uh, similar character traits and everything that they are giving a portion of their attention to. And they want all the attention. So they're going to keep on striving to get that. So they're going to chase after that man. That's what makes women chase after a man. They're not going to chase the man that comes to them and gives them everything that they want. Oh, you're so beautiful. I love you to death. They're going to lose interest very, very quick and go after the man that is the challenge. They call it in, there's this book called The Science of Love. They call it keeping the correct tension in the relationship. You can't pull it too far away because it'll break. You can't pull it too far in because it'll get loose. All right? You have to keep the right amount of tension between the two. In Khalil Cabron, Khalil Cabron is a Lebanese poet. He has one on love, and he talks about love being two pillars that hold up the structure. They both hold up the structure, but there's space between them. You, got, you cannot make another person your whole entire world. You can't do that. They're going to lose attraction to you. Don't let a woman become your God. And and likewise, a woman shouldn't let a man become her God. You know, there has to be this tension there. You can't give them too much, you know, because they'll lose interest, even though they will say that they won't. You can't listen to nothing they say out of their mouth because they're emotional creatures. They govern by their emotions and you govern by logic. So because of their emotion, everything, they're going to react to that. And that they're not, they, that's why we can't understand women because they're like, you say this is what you want, and I give it to you. It's like, damn, you know, it's like, and then they come back and yeah, say, why you can't crazy. understand me? <laughs> why you can't understand me? Women are from Mars and men are from Jupiter. That book is out. Why you can't understand? It's that you, you can't understand them because you're coming from logic. All right? Yo, and, and, we, and they coming from emotion. <laughs> They're coming from somewhere entirely different. You're not understanding what she's feeling, you know, what she's feeling right now. Because you're like, I ain't understand. Like, damn, I'm here. I'm not leaving. I'm here every day. You know, I've done that with women. I, I, you know, I used to have that concept. You know, I've done that with women. I say, okay, I'm supposed to make money. I'm supposed to pay all the bills. Okay, and I'm supposed to provide for. Now, with a certain type of woman, you can't do that shit really with today's woman. Okay, because they ain't in a you, you can only do that with a woman that's in a proper mind. You can't do that shit with her because they will leave your ass and you will be mad because you're like, I gave you everything. Why are you leaving? And then next thing you know, they with some guy, some other guy. And you look at that, you know, why are you with that person? He's not, you know, probably in a worse situation than that, going to a worse situation than they were in because he is appealing to something in them more so than you are. 
And so when I'm hearing, when you're telling me she starts going onto the couch and things like that, you know, hey, you might need to pull back a little bit. I was to the point to where you know, I was cooking, cleaning up, laundry, though. I uh, don't do no go. cooking. I'm not doing nah. no laundry. I ain't doing shit. You hear me? I Listen, I come home. I take care of the kids. That's nah. what I do. Other than nah, other bro. than like interacting and, and doing all what I was doing before, oh, it's, 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 I'm I'm done. Nah, bro, you a house husband and shit. Now nah, you don't do that shit. I I don't do none of that shit. I make the money and pay the bills. God damn it. You know it's the things that you know you need to do something around this motherfucker too. Cause I work every day and I do everything that I'm supposed to do. Okay, you need to do yeah. something you're supposed to do. They got some sort of job and role that they need to fulfill. And they need to be doing it. God damn it. You know I know that they. Can't li- I'm telling you, man, you cannot lit. You can get on the internet right now and listen to all these little dating experts. They all gonna tell you the same thing. I'm telling you right now. Okay, they gonna tell you the same thing. These women, they will tell you one thing out of their mouth, but you cannot listen. You got to look at what they do. All right, and that's why we keep constantly saying, why do y'all like thugs? Why is it that these women are attracted to thugs and having babies by these bad boys and things like that? And that is the reason why a, a bad boy. Or a thug is not going to make that woman the center of his life. He's not. He got money. There's a whole bunch. Uh, all the other women want the same thing. This woman, they want money. Hell, it, okay, you want money? Hell, Ten other women out here want make money. That's why they say also that it's only like 20% of the men having sex with 80% of the women. And it's mm-hmm. the vast majority of men are not getting sex like that. Because only 20% are getting it. And then... These women, because they don't think logically again, they're complaining, talking about men ain't no good and things like that. But the good men and everything that will probably provide them the kind of life that they need, not necessarily that they want, because what they want is what they can't have. All right? These bad boys and everything, they are they attracted to that. But this bad boy, this guy with all this money, he's going to fuck a whole bunch of different women. So it's the thing where I don't understand. It's like, you know, because I've been in that position. It's like, I have money, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, you're nice looking and everything. And they, and they all think, they all think this too. They all think this. They all think that no other woman is like them. I, I mean, one time I did an experiment where I went on a, a date with a different woman for two weeks straight. We were doing a little dating exercise. where, um, yeah. And I had money. I had money to blow. So I took a woman, a different woman. We go into the mall, and we were practicing... Um, we were practicing psychological things with a woman, you know, to get like to get her phone number. Like you don't ask yeah. a woman for her phone number. You tell her to give you your, her, uh, your phone number, to give her phone number. So we are experimenting with this in the mall. And um, so we go in the mall and we're experimenting with it. And, you know, we tell a woman we're doing things to make a woman involuntarily do things like she might give you her number, but she may not really want to talk to you later on or something like that. But we're just experimenting with it, how to get women to do things. Because they do. They, you, they, have, buttons. they have buttons you can push. It's psychological uh, buttons that you push on them. All right? So we're experimenting with this. So I'm getting all these phone numbers. And I got like a whole big library of phone numbers. All right? So I'm, 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 uh, I'm taking a couple of them out to dinner. Every day I'm taking a different one out to dinner. So we're having these conversations. I'm not having sex with them. I'm not, I'm not having sex with any of these women. I'm just yeah. getting phone numbers. And taking them out to eat and having conversations with them. And 
And having conversations with all these different women, I started to notice that they all said the same thing. Don't compare them other bitches to me. That's not like me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm like, yeah, exactly like this other woman over here and everything. I'm sitting here seeing the shit with my own eyes. You say the same thing. You react the same way. You're doing the same thing. You wear your hair the same way. All y'all doing all it, you know, it's what are you talking about? You different. Okay, what is it different about you? You know, so I started to see this. I started to notice that there were a lot of stimulate, and they could probably say the same things about us. Okay, I'm just a man. I'm coming from a man's perspective. I'm, I'm sure women, because that is the thing about women, especially attractive women, you know, they rebuff a lot of men who approach them because 99% of the men who approach them approach them in the same way. They hear, they've heard this all before. Oh, you're so fine, baby. Oh, you're so beautiful. Oh, girl, you know, they, they hear that probably about 10 or 15 times a day. It's the man with a different approach and with something different, something that's not catering to them something that is not validating them that they find attractive because they're seeking that validation. And when they obtain that validation, you're conquered, just like with us. We like women, and once we have sex with them, we lose interest. They conquered. Unless they, unless they have some sort of um, something in place to establish some sort of emotional connection with us, once we get once we get between their legs, after we get it, we through. They conquered, and they have the same thing going with them. When they receive validation, you conquered. They lost interest. It's the same play going on. So right now, she feel like you conquered. I got this nigga. I want somebody, and she's gonna move on to the next man and have, probably have a child by him, mm-hmm. and not understand what and not understand what's going on because she's not taking the time to assess, meditate, and root out the deficiencies in our own character. This is what's going on. It's all about acceptance of your mind and what's going on and learning how to control. Because people are doing that, um, like even with the validation and the conquering of the sex, that's a problem in, 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 in both sexes. And not, it's a lack of control. You're actually being controlled. You're letting your emotions rule you when you need to be in control of that. And I think we need to get back to dating. Um, I think dating is what created, um, you know, it's uh, this dating phase that people like, you know, when you're young, that there's nothing like young love, like young love and everything. You know, you get older, you get cold, you get, you know, all your experiences and everything have uh, kind of created you cold and you need to um, – to have you need to mature in order to have a good relationship with another person because you got to understand that when two people come together in a relationship you both have deficiencies uh you both have you know past things that have happened and you're both bringing baggage and some you don't want to really bring baggage but you have to understand that you know we're in a different we're, we're in a different place both individuals as they get older in life and the mature part of that is the accepting of that so you can have a companion accepting a person for who they are Okay, and women are more prone to do that when they get older because as they get older, they become less and less attractive as a mate. And time, they they on the clock as as it is, and time is not on their side. So you know they can't do what they were doing when they were young and younger, just rebuffing every person that approaches them. You know they start getting older. If you want somebody to spend the rest of your life with, you have to let go of some of these little uh, uh, fantasies that you have 
about this perfect man. I was looking at this this thing they were talking about. Men want a uh, women want a tall man uh, that's over six feet. Only two percent of the men on the planet are over six feet tall. The average height of a man is like five eleven, five ten. So if you want a man over six feet tall, you didn't put yourself in a pool where you're gonna be looking for a long damn time. Especially if all the majority of women are looking at only two percent of the men. Why do you think you only see how many men in NBA? It's even less who like six, seven, six, 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 eight, all that's right there. You, you don't see that walking around every day in your neighborhood. No, hell no. You don't see that. You don't see that. You know, that's a that that is something out of the ordinary. That's an anomaly. So the taller the men are, the less and less uh, the smaller the percentage. So, you know, I understand why they want it because, once again, it is something hard to obtain. People want what they can't have. But they got to think what they're doing to themselves. You got to be realistic. What are your ch- – what are you – wanting a man over six feet is like when men want to go to the NBA. It's only 400 people going to go to the NBA. It's a million people out there want to go. A million women out there want a man over six feet tall. What is your chance <laughs> of standing them? And – and you know what? Let me say something else about that, because I know I'm kind of going off on women, but I'm a man. There's things I see. You know, like, I remember one time with Jamie Foxx, um, he, uh, at, at the end of the show, he invited me to the back uh, after his show. He had did Lollapalooza here at the Fox Theater. And after the show was yeah. over, I went to the back to speak to him, because we, you know, grew up together. So yeah. when, I go to, when I go to the back, uh, the, they clear the auditorium, before security would let me come into the back. So when I come into the back, as soon as they open the door, there's a line of women. Okay. It had to be like about, like about, man, it had to be about 25 women. There's a long ass line. All of them look good. All of them look good. They all like eight, nines, and tens. Fine as hell. All right. So I'm walking, you know, security's walking me past all these women. I'm like, God damn, why are these women? And they standing in a single file line. I want you to picture this in your mind. Waiting for something. All right. So when I walk all the way um, into uh, to where he's standing, he's standing in a open area. And he's taking each of the women one by one. They coming over, hugging him. He putting his hand on the ass, whispering in their ear. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on. They get the hug. He basically filling up, and then as he get through with that one, the next one in line comes, and he does the same thing to her. So, I'm, and it's a group of men standing around watching this shit. His security and some of his old friends and everything. He's the only person that's getting to touch all these women. Now, you have to ask yourself, what is going on in these women's mind? Okay, all right. Now, obviously, every one of them in line think that they are the one they think that i am the finest motherfucker i got all of these women beat right is how they think now all right when when we we as men we kind of know ain't really no such thing as the most beautiful woman because we see the beauty the differences in all of them the dark skin the red bone the yellow you know the light skin you know they all have their different things and it's kind of hard to kind of say you know, some men will, well, I guess, will prefer, prefer light-skinned women, but I don't understand that shit either. It's like, nigga, this dark-skinned woman over here is just as beautiful as this light-skinned, but there's something going on in their mind that they feel like they have to add that. But the thing is that the mature man can appreciate the beauty and the differences 
and all the different women, their heights, their colors, their uh, the makeup of their body. Some of them might have a real big, big round ass. Some of them might have not just such a big ass, but be shapely in kind of a way that's real sexy or something like that. You know, yeah. they got all yep. these different little yep. things. Yep. Now, we appreciate yep. all of it. You know what I'm saying? We just appreciate it. You know, not, now they feel like they all have to go. Man, there's so many women here in Atlanta got butt injections. Listen, man, that shit is a goddamn epidemic. Yo, I it is an it. epidemic. It's an epidemic here in Atlanta, man. I'm not. I'm. I'm. And you, and, and I don't think I don't understand why they think we can't tell. We can see it. I can see it. Okay, I know it. I can see what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you got your ass done. I can see it. Okay. Now, if you got a real good one, now you got some guys out there out here real good. You can't tell, but for the most part, I'm seeing it everywhere. All right, so they ain't got something in their mind that they feel like they have to go get the ass because we're attracted to the ass, and we are. You know, I don't understand why we're attracted to the ass. It's some involuntary response from us. I ain't kind of figured that shit out yet either, why we like a putt on a woman so much. But they're out doing all this stuff, you know. But all these women, they thinking that they are this special one, and they're not knowing our mind state and how we think and so forth. And so they all jockeying and in competition with each other, um, they like what the way they dress, the things they do to themselves, the eyelashes. They don't do that for men. They do that because they're in competition with other women. They're not doing that for us. Because you can come and tell them, I'd like you to look natural. And they like, nigga, go to hell. There's all these other women out here. No. You know that's what I'm saying? Crazy, that's how it be coming. Yeah, you ain't listening to what her man tells you he likes. They're looking at what the competition is doing that's going to attract the most men. That's what they basically but telling I see you. Girls, I'll talk them. If if I do what you're asking me to do, I won't be attractive to all these men out there. They're not asking whether what's going to make them attractive to you. They're thinking about, well, what is going to keep me in this pool that's going to be desirable for the most men because they want validation. They seek attention. See, women can draw energy from a man without ever being touched. They don't have to be mm-hmm. touched. They can rob us of our energy without even touching us. And that comes through the attention we give them. And if you think I'm lying, go somewhere, out to a bar, and if you see a beautiful woman, sit down and don't pay her no attention. Okay, you cannot never, ever let her see. You can't look at her. The first time you look at her and she glances at you and see, you're conquered. You're conquered. She knows she got you. All right. You can't pay her no damn attention and see what happens. Don't pay her no damn attention and see what happens. All right. They seek validation from men. And once they give it, that is their conquering thing. That is what they're conquering. Getting the validation from you. If you don't give that to them, you're not conquered. You're a challenge. That's simple, my brother. Yo, I appreciate this. I appreciate this. You hear me? It's it's that simple. They're vain creatures. They are vain. Look on Facebook. They're taking pictures of themselves constantly. Got little rabbit ears on their head and everything. This is an epidemic. They take pictures. I mean, just look at them and everything. They want attention. I don't even see how they can argue with what I'm saying. When you can go to Facebook and Instagram and you can see this for yourself. And then all the men, all the men that's pressing like and doing all that, you're not going to get anything. (laughs) 
ones that are going. All right, you know, and doing all they trying to get all these likes, how many likes they can get. Okay, it's validation. It's validation, I'm telling you. Validation is their their thing. They are just like us in that they are seeking that they the way that they conquer a man is obtaining complete validation from him. Once they have that, you are no longer a challenge and the attraction is going to start to weaken. It's going to start to wane. You got to reestablish the attraction, and I and how you do that is you got to you got to you got to upset her uh, upset her uh, 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 you know take off a square a little bit, you know make her uh, start to wonder, let her mind wonder. I mean, it happened to men too. What do men do? We be out. We take our women for granted. We be out cheating, doing all kind of stuff. But when she leave you, you realize how much she loves you. You correct, you correct everything real quick. <laughs> Usually by that time, though, she just sick and tired of your ass. But if she had did that early on, if she had did that shit early on, early in the relationship, okay, let me get this nigga right. Because then like, he's starting to wander around and everything. Let me not be so accommodating to him. Let me let his mind wander and things like that. Let him think that I might leave his ass. And you start re- redirecting your attention to that person. It's validation, man. I'm telling you. I everybody. It's on men and women. We just do it in different ways. With men, it's conquering through sex, and with women, it's constant. It's, it's, it's through uh, validating them through the attention that you give them, validating th- them who they are because they're insecure at a certain level. So they receive that validation and everything. You gave them what they want. They're not interested in no more. They chase men who don't validate them, and that's why they like thugs and bad boys, whether they say they don't or not. Don't listen to what they say. Do not listen to that shit at all, because that don't mean shit coming out of their mouth. <laughs> don't mean anything coming out of their mouth. Look at what they do. Look at what they do, yeah. and you'll see it. Yeah. All right, my brother. I think that was it for that. Yo, this is all I appreciate you, yo. <laughs> all right, mind states and everything, all right? Peace, God. Yes, sir. Peace. Right. Is there any woman that wants to call in and challenge what I just said? The mic is open. Because I know some of y'all women, y'all like to go at me, and y'all be out y'all league and everything. Y'all like to go come at me and everything. It's like, it's not going to work. I'm too old, too experienced, too well-read, too knowledgeable, then conducted too many experiments. Know what I'm talking about. And you know I'm I'm telling the truth, too. Anyway, (laughs) that's it for today. I'm out. I want to say peace to all the gods and goddesses. I want to thank y'all for tuning in. I'll be back next Sunday. I know we had some uh, technical difficulties this Sunday. I apologize. Uh, but I promise next week. This was blog talk. It was not me. It was not me. I don't know what went, what, what happened to the back office uh, with blog talk, but it seems to have corrected itself. But I will be back next Sunday for another edition of the Natural Law Hour. You've been listening to the hottest radio network on the planet. High Frequency Radio, y'all. Peace to the gods. I'll see y'all next Sunday. Real talk. Real people. Real radio. HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com.